Let's chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. We're talking pandemic variants. We're talking Premier John Horgan's media availability later today. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi, your resident pandemic pessimist here, and I'm here to cheer you up as usual. You do such a good job, too. So let's start with our pandemic pessimism, shall we? Yeah. Uh, what did you hear yesterday that you that kind of made you go, Why are, like, this, this can't still be going on? A couple of things. I listened to uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry's counterpart in Alberta, Dr. Dina Hinshaw, reporting to her province, and I, um, they still got a problem there with the variants. Uh, so they've got mm, three or four times as many uh, of the variants as we do here in BC. That's the UK one. That's uh, 50% more transmissible, so much more dangerous. And they're still struggling to trace them all. Uh, the idea is to trace uh, where it came from so that you know who else it might have uh, spread to and also how it got here because it would have come from outside the borders of Alberta. And she says, "Mm, almost half the cases, they're still struggling to do that. Here in BC, they're struggling a bit, but nothing like that. So there's a border issue. That one really uh, set me back. I think, you know, British Columbia, Alberta, we have a lot of essential travel back and forth. So I wondered about that. Um, The story that's on the front page of the Vancouver Sun today, and it's from the National Post, that... You know, the federal government is trying to get us to think that people going back and forth have to be quarantined. Um, 90% of the people going back and forth are exempt. Um, uh, Most of them are truckers. About half of the back and forth are truckers. I, I understand why. This is critical to supply lines in Canada, to the Canadian economy, to just us getting food. So I understand the exemption, but, you know, it got me thinking about what Dr. Henry told us on Friday, Simi, which when she was asked about the California variant, this is another variant of COVID-19. It's mm-hmm. blamed for a surge in cases in Los Angeles. And she left us in no doubt that, you know, given all this back and forth, is going to end up at our borders sooner or later. She also said that the province is still working with Ottawa, for better screening at the border. Which Still? Incredible after yeah. a year, but she said it, right? So I think, obviously, there's a question there for Premier Horgan, which is given that this thing is probably going to end up at our borders, if not in our province, um, what are we going to do about it? Because, as I said, I'm a pessimist. I don't think we can keep these variants out of British Columbia, I think it's just a question of whether or not we can get enough people vaccinated safely um, to minimize the risk. I'm worried about the timeline of this as well, because as we talked about the other day, Alberta is just starting to loosen up restrictions. Ontario is going to start to loosen up restrictions just as these variants are there. And that's going to have a detrimental impact on BC, right? Because I think you're going to start to see more movement. Yeah, I agree, you know, and again, it's interesting because, you know, we've got on one track, we've got the case count bending downward. That's true. You know, that's encouraging. It means British Columbians are following directions. But on the other channel, we've got these alarming signs. And you mentioned Ontario. This is quite interesting. Um, The Ontario health officials. So the Again, it's called the UK variant because that's where it was identified. And 
So that's what it is, and it's 50% more communicable. Ontario health officials are warning that what that means, what that more communicable thing means is um, you can get COVID-19 in just a few seconds of contact. Examples would be uh, brushing the hand of a grocery clerk who hands you the bag of groceries walking by someone in a hallway who is infected with the UK variant. So we're looking, if this thing gets loose in Canada, and, you know, the case count in the U.S. is doubling every 10 days of the UK variant. So if it gets loose in Canada, we're going to be triple masking. We're going to be doing, you know, wait, wait for Dr. Henry to tell you what you should do, I, I would say. But from elsewhere, um, this is a lot more dangerous. And, you know, I, uh, I'm i a pessimist. Simi, I don't know how we're going to keep it out of British Columbia. Yeah, I know. That's what I wonder, too. And I feel like we're just kind of holding it at bay at this point, hoping yeah. that we can get enough people vaccinated. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's been said, right? This is a va- this is a race against time. It's a race between the virus and the vaccines. Uh, it, Dr. Henry has said quite clearly, uh, we're buying time. And... Um, You know, so I guess the other question to the premier today is, is he confident about vaccine deliveries? Dr. Henry says um, we're prepared, hoping for the best, but we're preparing for more glitches in deliveries. We're concentrating on vaccinating the highest risk population first. That is, of course, what we should be doing. And... Uh, we may be able to bend the severe case count down because we're vaccinating the high-risk people. We may enter an era where we have to struggle with milder cases, one hopes, and continue to rely on deliveries. The Premier said last week that he's been assured by the Prime Minister that uh, Moderna and Pfizer, the manufacturers, are living up to their contracts, uh, that they are not in breach of their contracts, and that they will hit their delivery targets by the end of March. Man, oh man, I hope he's right. I hope so, too. That's a lot of finger crossing, though, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Given oh, yeah. for something that's, I'm, I get more scared. I'm more paranoid about these variants than I have been about the virus in recent months, too, because I thought, yeah. well, I'm doing everything else. But now the variants have me thinking, like, I'm not doing enough. Um, well, at the moment, I think we are doing plenty here. They're not here yet. Uh, and I think the, you know, the stuff that can be done about that is probably beyond our control economically. Economically, we can't close the border with Alberta. Economically, we can't close the border with the United States. Uh, We could have better screening at the uh, U.S. border. I think maybe that might be a question for the Premier as well today. But, yeah, um, you know, again, the situation in Washington State uh, is, uh, you know, they vaccinated a much bigger share of the population than B.C. has, but they got a bigger problem, too, right? And and there... Their researchers are saying, uh, reported in the Seattle Times today, their researchers are saying the state is vaccinating at a good rate, but they're still not vaccinating at the rate they need to vaccinate in order to prevent another wave of the pandemic. So they're already saying, get ready for another wave. Um, Well, uh, you know, 
a, vac- a, a variant that is loose in Los Angeles. Um, you know, I talked to our colleague Keith Baldry yesterday, and he says the same thing, right? Is a variant loose in Los Angeles is going to make its way north through trucking. Oh, yeah. It's going to make its way to Oregon and then Washington, and it's going to be at our borders, and we're going to have to figure out what the heck we're going to do about it. And uh, as I said, when it gets here, I think it will. Um, we want to be sure we've got enough vaccines going into enough arms in high-risk British Columbians so that we can minimize the impact of another wave. I'm also really curious to see how this the mass vaccination process starts here in BC. Because yeah. watching that unfold in the United States, it's not a pretty picture, right? I mean, you're talking about people camping out for hours, people staying overnight in the lineup, people being shut out of the system online. Like, it has not gone smoothly. No, and in Washington State, they've also had liars. They've had cue yeah. jumpers who claim they're healthcare workers and stuff. I think, you know, I am confident, fairly still, that here in BC, they are going to have a fairly good system, um, and people will start being notified uh, toward the end of it this month or early March by age group. Uh, they will be given a time and a place to come and get their their vaccine. They'll be identified through their ID. Um, people will be notified. We're expecting some kind of a notification on how that's going right. to work. So I think we'll have safeguards. One of the advantages of a centralized public health care system is um, you do avoid some of the buccaneering we're seeing going on south of the border. And I think also, I don't think we'll have the mob mentality blocking people from getting in to get vaccinated because happily we don't have as many anti-vaxxers active here as they do south of the border. I like your use of the word buccaneering. You don't hear that very often. Uh, Thank you for that, Vaughn. Okay, Jimmy. Bye-bye. It's Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Just one of the many stories in the U.S. that I heard of of people jumping the queue, and you probably saw this in the news too, is the Soul Cycle instructor? You know, Soul Cycle, the spin classes, very popular. A Soul Cycle instructor in New York went and got the vaccine because she wrote down that she was a teacher. She said she was an educator, therefore she deserved it. Well, she was she's a fitness instructor. She's a Soul Cycle instructor, and and of course she stupidly put that out there on social media, saying, "Look what I got! You know, I'm an educator. This is why I got this." And the backlash was very swift. There's a lot, of, quite a few cases like that in the United States, right? We'll see what happens here in BC uh, when we start. Hopefully, fingers crossed, our bigger mass vaccination situation in the month of March.